I see you handle your weapon well. I have been known to keep my tip up. Is anything the matter, Hilary? Just a slight stiffness coming on. My God, what's Bond doing? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. Then pump her for information. Need score. You always were a cunning linguist, James. Someday you have to make good on your innuendos. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we normally take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. However, we've got a special mission and a special edition this week because we are here to talk James Bond themes with some special guests. From Torn Stubbs Podcast, it's Robert Gershenson and Joshua Winning. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, we have, depending on what order people are listening to this to, we've also discussed the most recent Bond film, No Time to Die. Are you ready to get stuck into some Bond music, Joshua? I'm ready. Let's get musical. Let's do it. James Bond the musical. Yes. Oh, <laughs> double O heaven. Now that would be good. No. Double O no. <laughs> uh, and Dan, how are you feeling about uh, turning your hand to, to talking movies as well? Well, I really enjoy music and film are, are my biggest passions. In fact, I'm surprised we haven't done more soundtracks on track by track, actually. Oh, you should. I've been waiting for you to do Sound of Music. Oh, well, recreate it in the local village hall. On a hill with a winding goat. <laughs> Is it a winding goat or a wandering goat? A wandering goat, isn't it? Bondering. Speaking of, speaking of which, Dan, how's your mother? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably working the salad cart at the harvester <laughs> dan's set to inherit the harvester empire she's leaving it i can't believe it i thought that was my future and robert of course regular listeners may recognize your voice you have appeared on track by track before to discuss scissor sisters and the b52s before we get stuck into bond who are you listening to at the minute who am I listening to? I'm actually, I've been listening to um, the soundtrack to American Gods, which is an Amazon Prime show based on a Neil Gaiman book. And it's all these really cool sort of dark New Orleans style jazz songs with a bit of blues thrown in. It's really cool to drive to. And also, I've also this week been listening to the No Time to Die soundtrack. The the music from the Cuba, uh, the Cuban uh, segment is amazing to drive through i put i put it on the other day as some background music while i was just doing a few household jobs and it was so intense i had to turn it <laughs> off as much as i love the score and as much as i was thrilled that hans zimmer was doing it i was getting a bit stressed while just sorting out i don't know the cutlery drawer or something like that i had to turn it off it's too much <laughs> dan why did you just wink then when you said doing a few household jobs <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel quite dirty are you camming again? Oh, he's not <laughs> back on the cams again, is he? Oh, no, no, I'm what, talking about Chris cam? Kamari. He's been with Camo. I actually found the, the No Time to Die soundtrack is the least Hans Zimmery Hans Zimmer 
soundtrack in a long time. I was expecting lots of there's not a great deal of that because I've just recently seen Dune and there's there's some nice sort of um, Middle Eastern sort of twinges to that soundtrack, but there's still the usual. Oh yeah, it's very loud film. Someone at someone at Bond has sort of reined him in and said, "No, no, no." It's very melodic. It's actually not. It's not big on action. I think it's got some lovely themes, like the Madeline theme is is beautiful. And there's lots of callbacks to the previous Bonds as well. You know, yeah. The the we have all the time in the world. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, do we? Oh, so we don't. We're not on the time limit on this pod, are we? <laughs> <laughs> right no get no stuck. it's got to be quite quite short this is the 12 inch night version get stuck in people we're going to be here a long time get your feet up joshua can you what are you listening to at the moment uh i have been listening to john carpenter's albums uh the lost themes he's got three sort of synth um atmospheric synth albums they are john carpenter is the director writer score writer for halloween um assault on precinct 13 uh, escape from new york like all those great sort of 70s 80s genre picks and um he's continued to to write music i guess because it's easier to write music than it is to actually make a movie and so he's released these three albums that are called lost themes and they basically just sound like music scores from a film that you've never seen but you fucking love um they're just really evocative really um nostalgic 80s synth stuff going on and i just love them i could listen to them all day long bit creepy as well (laughs) if i can make a suggestion on that first lost themes album there's a track called abyss and it Mm. is immense it's like a mini synth opera it's amazing and he writes them with his sons i think he's got two sons and they go out and tour he does like Halloween shows over here. Yeah. Does he in Gunship as well? I feel like I've just made that up. But there's a, there's a band called Gunship and I swear that he's worked with them as well. But he is amazing. Yeah. Still kicking it in, in his 80s. Still kicking it, still chain smoking. I think he basically, he's like 80 years old. <laughs> he just sits around watching, playing video games and making music. Just, you know, perfect life. Dan, what are you... Li- oh, actually, don't care. Don't <laughs> no, no one cares about that. <laughs> Not interesting. We bang on about music every bloody week. Yeah. Shall we get stuck into talking Bond music specifically? And we thought we would kick off uh, bang up to date. So let's have a little bit of uh, the theme from No Time to Die from Billie Eilish. It is No Time to Die. was a brief uh, a brief bit of Billie Eilish's No Time to Die. Now it feels like that song has been with us for quite a while because it has um <laughs> and it's been it's been a, it's come and gone and come back again. Uh <laughs> boys, what do you think of it? It's it, yes it has been around for a long time and even though 
I think we first heard it about just before the pandemic. So it's been around 18 months now. I still couldn't, if you put a gun to my head, sing any of it. <laughs> Good. Well, the only bit I remember is just the fact that she's just so casually like, there's just no time to die. It's just like, oh, <laughs> she just sounds exhausted. She, does sound, she sounds like a teenager that's just woken up. <laughs> and she looks like a teenager that's just woken up as well. <laughs> yeah, with ectoplasm in her hair. In general, were you fans of Billie Eilish? Did you really know much of Billie Eilish's back catalogue? I'd never heard of her until they released a James Bond song. <laughs> I had no idea who she was. I'm almost 40. I think I knew... <laughs> hasn't she done other film stuff? Or she's done covers, maybe? Or, you know, she's done some quite interesting, haunting stuff. So it wasn't like a shock when she did this. But it was almost more of a shock that she did a Bond theme. Not that mm. this was her Bond theme, I think. I mean, I'm not familiar with her oeuvre, are you, Dan? Yeah, there's bits and bobs that is actually like really track by trackable, very synth pop electro stuff. So I was really surprised when she released this or when she was announced, I should say, to do the Bond theme. And I was kind of hoping that we might get something a bit different because I think Skyfall and the writings on the wall were so generic and dare I say great Bond themes, but at the same time quite boring because they're, you know, they just dreary they followed a pattern i thought okay billy eilish new artist young artist um we're going to get something different here and just completely followed that pattern i was really disappointed with it yeah it Ooh. feels like they're chasing oscar gold skyfall was was such a runaway the song was such a runaway success in terms of reach and scope using adele was obviously a great way to get into the faces and the ears of people who probably never even given bond half a glance and then they followed it up with sam smith's song and i'm not really into their music but clearly they were chasing like oh that worked well let's let's do that and they're doing mm. it again they're clearly hoping for another oscar a hat trick with billy eilish and it's, it's just a happen. really weak song no. you can't just you can't just add strings and go oh it's a bond song i've added strings no because you're still adding strings to a song that has nothing to do with Bond. Even when the strings are from Hans Zimmer, which they are on this track, and mm. guitar from Johnny Marr. The only thing I will say is that it does capture the mood of that moment in the story. You know, it captures that really bleak, I just want to hide from the world, you know, everything's gone to shit and I don't want to have to keep going like that. It really does capture that feeling, which is not nice and it's not entertaining, really. And I think even though the song isn't necessarily a particularly interesting theme tune, it does at least capture that feeling that the film is trying to capture. Yeah. But we've had that before. We have. Skyfall was all about. Absolutely, yeah. Skyfall was just about the fact that he had, you know, was broken and basically down and out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just a a shame that, that, you know, they've, they've tried to do something slightly different with the film, no time to die and we discussed that on our pod it's a shame that the song is just a retread of it's basically you know like at school when the teacher would give you a handout and it was clearly a photocopy of a photocopy and it didn't read properly <laughs> and it was all faded this is a yeah. photocopy of the last photocopy that was a photocopy of the previous song yeah it's all a bit wonky and a bit difficult to read <laughs> So let's take each other by surprise now and share our favourite Bond themes. 
And Dan, I think we reluctantly agreed to let our guests go first. Yeah, there's almost a fight scene in a sleeper train. But yes, we did. And Joshua, over to you first. My favourite Bond theme tune is Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Josh, what is it about this song that makes it your favourite Bond theme? I I love Carly Simon. I think she's brilliant. But um, I don't know. I I just love I love pop songs that use violins. There's just something about that. You know, when Vanessa May came out years ago, not came out literally, but when she was uh, releasing oh. her music years ago, <laughs> I thought she was brilliant. And it's because I love that that really. Um, that special something that you get from violin pop i just love it and and this kind of has it and it has that duh, 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 you know i just think it's so great and so cinematic um in a way that is actually quite modest you know a lot of the bond themes are like bah, bah, like they really throw the trumpets at you and you know i love goldeneye as well i think that's such a great theme tune but i think that this does bond in actually quite a sensitive modest interesting and yet still cinematic way I really do love this track. It is a classic pop song, but it's also a really sexy Bond theme. And it completely plays into the character of James Bond. I love that line where he goes, like the spy who loved me. It's a great way to get the, the, the title of the film in without actually having to name the song Yeah, with the title. Yeah. Something they, they, they failed to do with Octopussy. Or Quantum of Solace. Lazy. Yeah. Lazy songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call the polis. <laughs> there you go. Done it for you. Will, are you a fan of this one? Uh, it's not one of my favourite Von themes, but as we often talk about on Track by Track, uh, the kind of slower, lighter touch uh, tracks uh, aren't my favourite. But I do like... As you've said, you know, the, in terms of Bond themes, it's nice to have something that's got a lighter touch, uh, but it is not, it's not one of my favourites. Shame. It's, I, I just love the intro, that piano intro, in terms mm. of where it sits in the film and the pre-credits bit and then leading into the credit sequence. I think it's one of the ones that kind of works perfectly. I think it's just really unexpected. Yeah, definitely. Especially this one followed uh, Lulu, and came before Shirley Bassey. So yeah, to your point, two powerhouse singers and huge tracks. And this one just so subdued. And I think what this one does in a way which a lot of them don't is, I think it's also very popular outside of Bond fans. And, mm. you know, you, you, mm. could, you could almost listen to this one and forget it was from a Bond film, which you, you couldn't do with Moonraker, for example. Lulu. Obviously, best known for her recent work with Take That. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Lulu story. I actually have a Lulu story. I was, uh, I'd got off the plane at JFK and I was about to go through customs and I heard a woman going, young man, young man. And I turned around and it was Lulu. 
and uh, she was like what am i what how do i fill in this form what am i supposed to do and all this kind of stuff and i was just like oh my god it's lulu and uh, i basically like had to take her to one side and figure out how to fill in this fucking form for her to get through customs I was like, haven't you got a handler or something and uh, she didn't. But, did um... she then start singing "Shout" for no reason at all? <laughs> no. Like I said, did you just look at the film, look at the form, and go, "Where?" <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I had. All I did was actually just get so flummoxed that when she walked off, I forgot my coat, left my coat in the airport. Lulu owes you a coat. Yeah, she does. Uh, before we move on, uh, this was a this was a massive uh, in terms of its kind of crossover success into the charts. This was a number two hit in the states, and it got to number seven in the UK singles chart as well. Sold over a million copies uh, in the US. That doesn't so, happen anymore. No, it was a different time. A different time. No. Robert, what have you gone for? Hello, I've gone for a classic on Her Majesty's Secret Service by John Barry. So that was On Her Majesty's Secret Service by John Barry. Robert, what draws you towards that track? This is pure 60s Bond. I love the trumpets. I love the energy. I love the drama across the whole thing. It's like it's like a little opera. It it tells the, the, the tragic story that we see in this brilliant brilliant james bond film and i love that harpsichord moment about halfway through it's exciting it's triumphant it's dark it's i think it's the coolest james bond theme from that first decade and it's a really interesting one isn't it because this um ahead of this we had of course dr no didn't really have a a theme song as we know it but then we had from russia with love and you only live twice from huge names and then for this one of course you have no you have all the time in the world no we have all the time in the world <laughs> yeah is, exactly it's the kind of pop track if you like from this one but this is the actual this is the theme proper so it's quite a strange choice from the producers yeah it's the it's the only film that sort of deviates from that that format the original james bond film um doctor no it had the original it had the, the the monty norman song but then it kind of goes into three blind mice because that's the that's the song that opens Doctor No. But by the time you get to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was the first Bond film not to have Sean Connery, maybe the change of Bond meant that they felt okay with changing the the format, having the pop song be featured in the film as opposed to the the theme tune. The theme tune. Mm, the theme tune. The theme tune. The theme tune. <laughs> This is a great song to drive to as well. Love it. Drive fast. Love it. But it does, I think it does what all James Bond films, it does what all James Bond theme tunes should do, which is absolutely grab the audience and basically say to them, this is going to be an adventure. So the opposite of Billie Eilish's No Time to Die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Billie Eilish's was kind of like, oh, you forgot to buy a Coke. Go to the counter now. You've got four minutes. <laughs> 
I I I agree with what you first said around you listen to this and it is the quintessential James Bond theme. It is just how you would expect a Bond theme to sound. It's big, it's bold, it announces itself, it gets you excited, it gets you revved up and then um right into it. So yeah, very stirring. And just in defense of uh, the filmmakers as well, it would have been quite tricky to not only get a film uh, song called, a pop song called On Her Majesty's Secret Service, but also to <laughs> weave that into a pop song. That would have been quite tricky. And Josh, this was, of course, from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which seems to be a bit of a love it or hate it film with Bond fans. Of course, George Lazenby's only Bond uh, film. What are your mm. thoughts on the film? Me? Um, I am not a huge Bond fan, so I can't remember wow. what happens in that film, I'm afraid. I've, you know, all of the older ones, I've definitely seen them and probably as, you know, a minus 12 year old. Um, so, yeah, I actually have no memory of that one. Sorry. <laughs> and Dan, Dan, the word you were looking for was Marmite. <laughs> <laughs> we're not allowed to say brand names. Yeast extract is what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, Will, all cleared up. Dan, would you like to share your choice of Bond theme next? I would love to, and quite controversially, I hope, my choice is Madonna's Die Another Day. So die another day there, Dan. I think there are there were some raised eyebrows then. So let's talk about this. What? Why? <laughs> I think because for all the reasons and for all the things we said about Adele Skyfall and Sam Smith's The Writings on the Wall and Billie Eilish's No Time to Die, and uh, echoing what Robert just said about a, a Bond theme grabbing you and taking you on a ride, and also kind of working hand in hand with the film, of course. I think this ticks all of those boxes. It, it's exciting. It still sounds exciting as a song on its own, but it was just so, it was different at the time and it's different to, to what's come since then as well. Robert, uh, viewers can't, uh, sorry, listeners can't view. Robert, you're shaking your head. What do you think <laughs> about this that track? As a Bond theme. <laughs> I completely disagree with you. I think if you didn't know this was a Bond theme, there's nothing in this song that says this is a Bond theme. Sigmund Freud wasn't in this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Sigmund Freud. Analyze this. No one's analyzing anything. <laughs> this or that. It's terrible. This is pure. This is like peak and pure self-indulgent Madonna. Not respecting the the institution that she is writing a song for this is just basically her saying you can have this song or take it or leave it i'm madonna i'm gonna do what i want it's a terrible song it's an awful 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 vocal with a terrible click drum it is the worst bond film and it is the worst bond theme tune i would put this lower than not all the time high. Rita Coolidge. No, high. that's ridiculous. I would, <laughs> I would put it way below that. It is. It is. It's dire. It's dreck. It goes below Sam Smith. 
Robert, I just got to ask you. I'm just not clear. Did you like it or not? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and and of course, and of course, she shoehorned her way onto the film as well as the oh, uh, yeah. fencing instructor, the scarecrow. Yeah. Personally, I I like it as a pop song. I think it's a great work with one of her collaborators of the time, Miwai Miwa. I think we had trouble saying that first time round, didn't we, Dan? Yeah, Miwai, um, Miwai, I think. Miwai. Has she ever done it live? She doesn't sing live. No. Okay, has she ever been on stage while it's played on the CD? <laughs> uh, yes, she played it um, on a few tours, actually, in the Reinvention Tour and on the Sticky and Sweet Tour. Oh, God. Oh, what years were they? Sweet. I just wondered, is it... Because people like Duran Duran and Paul McCartney and Aha, their Bond uh-huh. theme is a staple. Aha! Uh-huh. Their Bond theme is a staple in their concerts they you know they have to play that song every concert it's a moment isn't it yeah but does madonna feel the same about hers does this fit into her kabbalah thing so this was most recently played i believe in 2012 so it's been part of three tours i think that the uh the theme song uh, that she recorded for a parody of a bond film is better yes than oh my god oh, that's so Stranger. true it's one of my favorite songs of hers ever such a great which song was, which was william orbit which was just yeah. fantastic yeah yeah what song was this i don't know this uh beautiful, beautiful stranger, stranger from austin powers the spy who shagged me it's a great oh, song she did that and the video is great as well she's clearly having a great time in it the spy who shagged me was mm. 99 yeah so what a what a really strange decision <laughs> that you hire the person who did the parody song three or four years before what a strange perhaps they thought they were on to a, a safe bet situation perhaps they were expecting yeah. something similar to that yeah <laughs> and they got this and it was too late to get lulu she was too busy at the airport filling out a form <laughs> joshua what do you think to this one i actually love the audacity of this one i think that it's you remember that episode of friends where ross reveals that he used to like make music and he gets out his keyboard and it's all like lasers and sound effects and dogs barking and stuff. That's what this song reminds me of because it's like got lasers in it. It's clearly sort of like auto-tuned to the hilt. It's, um, you know, it's got those great violins, which I love as well. I love the violin orchestration in the song. It's bonkers and a little bit terrible, but it's still pretty much the best song on the American Life album that she released i think because that album is pretty uh terrible i love that album <laughs> i do too have you covered oh, no. have you have you covered that on the pod yet no we will we will come to that one well we'll probably come to all oh. of our albums at some there point. you go just found you your guest for that one i'm washing my hair <laughs> will what is your favorite bond theme well, I've, I'm going for one that I don't think anyone is going to shout down quite as much. This is Tina Turner and Goldeneye. Goldeneye, I found his weakness. Goldeneye, he'll do what I please. Goldeneye, no time for sweetness. But a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees. shadows as a child you never know 
So that was Goldeneye by Tina Turner there. This is the theme of my favourite Bond film because I just absolutely love Goldeneye and everything associated to it because I love the soundtrack. I love this track. I love playing Goldeneye. I'm in four player N64 when I was at university. It was just a wonderful time to be just living your life. To be alive. Yeah. <laughs> and this was just everything that I want in a Bond theme. It's grandiose to the point of maybe almost go, being slightly over the top. It is uh, quite camp. Uh, production is really brilliant. And of course, Tina Turner's voice is Tina Turner's voice. Yeah. Unmatchable. What do you think? What do you think? Love it. Love I just, it. I love the, the clicking. Love I love the clicks. I love the like ah, sounds. I just think it's brilliant. Love it. It's pure Tina Turner. It, it's got a great, you know, it's one stiletto healed foot in the Tina Turner camp, whilst also being true to Bond. It's the perfect blend of artist and institution. And <laughs> I can even, even I can overlook the fact that it's actually written by Sir Bono of Tax Avoidance. Ah. <laughs> well, yes, of course, not only Tina, but Bono and The Edge also had a hand in the writing of this track. Uh, whatever you whatever you think about them, they wrote a good song. It's, yeah, it's... It's basically everything we love about the classic 60s Shirley Bassey style mm. Bond tracks, big and brassy, but with a modern twist. And I feel of all the Bond films from our lifetime, it's the one that still, still feels fresh. It could be released now as a brand new single, as a brand new song, and it would probably be a big summer smash Oh yeah, and Ken Bruce would hammer it on Radio Two, absolutely. But and this, this is here's a fact for you that will shock you all. This only got to number ten in the in the UK charts when it was released. That's crazy. What? Hang on, but this was around Britpop, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Ninety five, this was released. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this it probably was it the week that the Gallaghers and Blur were having a bit of a fist fight. <laughs> Well, Dan's probably got his uh, official charts company book open and you might be able to tell us. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's propping up a table at the minute, Will. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, another really interesting pop fact. One of the could have beens, uh, a Golden Eye song called The Golden Eye for this, and I'm talking about it now because I know we're not going to talk about it in a minute, was recorded by Ace of Bass. They were too busy trying to get another baby. <laughs> Uh, and this was at the height of their success, but um, their one song. <laughs> have a have a hunt around; you might be able to find it. This one, though, I think there was a bit of pressure because obviously this came after a long gap in the Bond Six film years. series. Yeah. So not only, of course, a new Bond uh, and having to kind of they had a, a point to prove coming back with a new film, but also the theme tunes have to be as good. Uh, the one before this was "Licensed to Kill" by Gladys Knight, and I think they definitely. They definitely chose right with the songwriters and with Tina Turner, you know, just that, as we said before, the an iconic voice that can go on the lists with Shirley Bassey and all the rest. Oh, 100%. And she was at the, the peak of her 90s comeback by that point. Yeah. She was being reappraised by everyone. Do you remember the M&S advert for uh, Christmas that was Shirley Bassey singing Get This Party Started oh, in, a, yes. in a Tina Turner Golden Eye Bond-esque <laughs> theme. Um, oh, yes. Not the first time we've mentioned that on Trap by Trap because <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, well, com compared to Christmas adverts of the last few years, it was 
a bloody good one. So now this is where things get a bit interesting, isn't it, Dan? Yes, so we've spoken about our four favourite Bond themes. You may or may not know there are lots of other Bond themes out there. Quite often, um, acts are invited to submit a theme for the new film. Some make it onto albums, even if they're rejected by uh, the Broccoli Co. But some get lost in the wilderness of uh, YouTube uh, and other places. So we are going to choose our favourite could have been Bond theme. So Joshua, once again, coming to you first. Uh, I have chosen the Pet Shop Boys, The Living Dungeons. So that was a little bit of the demo of The Living Daylights. If you're a Pet Shop Boys fan, uh, then you will know that this actually morphed and became uh, the Pet Shop Boys song, This Has Been The Place I've Waited Years To Leave. We're delighted to see that this had gotten into the list because uh, nothing could be more appropriate uh, on an episode of Track by Track. What drew Have you, you ever featured the Pet Shop Boys before? Oh, bugger off! <laughs> <laughs> this might as well be called the Pet Shop Boys Hour. So, Josh, what was it about this song that makes you think it should have been the Bond theme? Uh, I love Pet Shop Boys. I thought I think they're brilliant. I saw them live when I think they were supporting Take That maybe ten years ago, maybe a bit more than ten years ago, and I was blown away. I just thought they were fantastic, and they've got that. They've got the drama of Bond. They've got the kind of the the big sound, um, and I just think it would have been just really cool if Pet Shop Boys had done a Bond theme tune. I mean, they probably they still could. They're still around, right? They could still do it one day. Um, and I think this is a great kind of, um, you know, like uh, what's like an audition track for if they ever did an actual Bond song. They're setting out their stall for Bond. <laughs> Robert, you look perplexed. Did you say Pet Shop Boys opened for Take That? Yeah. That's not right. It should be the other way around. Yeah, I know. It was mad. Well... This was when Robbie rejoined for the album and the tour. So they were selling out stadiums left, right and centre. Um, yeah. So uh, they, weren't, uh, they weren't the support act. They were the special guests. Mm. Big One difference. And the same. <laughs> and I'm sure, the same. I'm sure the boys themselves would have preferred it the other way around. <laughs> it was a great show. Take That did a great show as well. You know, the yeah, whole thing was brilliant. Take that for a Bond theme, please. Did they play <laughs> this one? Have they ever played this one live? You boys have seen them quite a few times. Well, this was only a very, very raw demo. So the the the, the track that became what they started off at um, was uh, not something. It's not something they performed. Because mm. right. they're they're not the sort of band to just go right. We're just going to do the hits on this tour. 
they always play new ones and they do interesting things, right? Yeah. They're not, like Duran Duran, they don't just rely on the past. They love a medley as well. They often do new interpretations and new new treatments of old songs um, yeah. rather than just trot them out like other mm. groups would do. But, you know, we could talk about that all day. And we have done before, but <laughs> not for now. Many days. Robert, what did you think to this one? I didn't think it sounded like a Bond song. I could only listen to a couple of Pet Shop Boys tracks in a row before I get tired of Neil Tennant's voice. I think his voice doesn't lend itself well to a Bond track in the way that Billie Eilish's voice doesn't lend itself to a Bond track. There's not enough drama. There's not enough bombast. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. I can see why it was rejected. And it doesn't match the anger of the Dalton era films. And Will, of course, the, the Living Daylights theme that we know and love is by Aha. Is, was that the right decision, do you think? Or, you know, you and I are massive Pet Shop Boys fans. Should they have gone with this one? I think it was the right decision. It's hard to imagine anything else. I mean, I really love the idea of Pet Shop Boys recording a Bond theme. I don't think this had it. I, and I think it sounds good. I just don't think there was enough oomph in there for a Bond theme. And, you know, we're so used to that Aha version now that happy with that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Happy Dan. with that. <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, Robert, what have you gone for? I've gone for The Man with the Golden Gun by Alice Cooper. That was The Man with the Golden Gun by Alice Cooper. Of course, the theme proper was done by Lulu. That's her fifth appearance on today's episode. And <laughs> Fun Rob- fact, Lulu wrote her Bond theme in the departure lounge of Luton Airport. <laughs> oh, on the back of a customs form. Is that right? <laughs> she did, yeah, because she saw Joshua and went, his hair is yellow. His hand looks like a gun. He's the man with the golden gun. <laughs> And then she travelled back in time to the 60s. Which yeah. Lulu can do. Her and um, Twiggy do it very often. So, Robert, I know you are a huge Alice Cooper fan in general, but what is it specifically about this song? That's a huge understatement. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not just a general fan. I'm a very specific fan. <laughs> <laughs> so He is Alice Cooper. This is not just Alice Cooper as we know him. It's not just the man. This is... This is one of the last songs created by the original band. Fun fact, Alice Cooper was the band and the lead singer was Vincent Fernier. And when the band broke up, he took on the moniker of Alice Cooper and carried on as Alice <laughs> Cooper. So this is very indicative of their kind of early Detroit garage sound, but with the kind of glitzy, glamorish Vegas style prog rock. I love this track. I really, really wish this had not been submitted about a week too late by which time they'd already gone with Lulu and even Christopher Lee had said he said oh man 
Why did we take the Lulu song? This, the Alice Cooper one, this is the song. But he was a rock he was so... a rock band himself, wasn't he? So of course he would say that. Uh Christopher Lee, he he released metal albums, yeah, yeah but they were more spoken word gothic poetry. Oh. Quite brilliant, brilliant stuff. But this is this is sexy. I love that sort of jangly guitar, the big brass, the tense strings, and that big sort of sideshow Las Vegas crescendo end. What did you think? I really, I really like this one. I like the the kind of you think this song's dying down. I suppose it kind of plays out like a a, a Bond film. You think he's, he's you think he's been caught. You think he's dying, and then it picks back up again. And actually, I think this song does that twice. But yeah, I think it's a great track i think i'm really torn though between lulu's track is by no means one of the even top 10 uh bond themes but there is something about it that i quite like i think it suits the time i think it's quite uh peppy and and suits what is one of the i'd think is one of the more light bond films in terms of story and baddie and that kind of thing um so i'm i'm in two minds about whether i think it should have been the theme but i do think it is a great submission for the bond theme what a great time to talk about the movie artwork (laughs) (laughs) and the movie poster for this film the man with the golden garden was starring you didn't like it at all will not like the song at all it's not it's not for me (laughs) Uh, it's not your cup of martini but the movie poster is classic bond poster because it because it is art of you know, you've got you've got a, you've got a golden gun. It's very literal. You've got Bond holding a gun. You've got some Bond girls. Is there you've a got man? Explosions. A man. You've got some water. There's a man. It is. It's exactly. It's very literal, <laughs> uh, and it's exactly the sort of Bond movie poster you would have seen around that time. Uh, Which is very strange because the film's actually a very subtle art piece. It's a meditation on the Holocaust. <laughs> Wow. I feel like I'm going to fact check that one. <laughs> I liked it. I felt I feel like it was kind of the um the possessed sort of version of Lulu, you know, it was like Lulu is super peppy and like bubbly and oh, you know, it's a man with a golden gun, you know, it's all very light and funny and <laughs> very Welsh and um and then Alice Cooper's obviously the absolute opposite of that and brings like a real edge to it. Um and I yeah, I liked it. I thought it was like a decent little rock song basically <laughs> little rock song yeah <laughs> dan over to you next so this is blondie with for your eyes only So Blondie there, and this was from their final album before their split, uh, The Hunter. That's where you can hear it now. Anyway, the theme for this song was, of course, by Sheena Easton. And interestingly, the the producers still wanted Blondie to record the theme, but they wanted them to record the, the song that we know now, the Sheena Easton song, and they refused to. Quite right too, I think, because I think this is 
a great not only a great blondie track of which i'm a massive blondie fan but i think it perfectly suits the film and i think a great way to test that if you didn't already know for a lot of these theme songs if you go on youtube people have matched them up with the intros to the bond films and this one for me does it i think better than any of the rest but what do you guys think about this one better than the rest it's not the <laughs> it's not the first time we've talked about this is it and i in complete agreeance and in i love the total blondie refusal to kind of toe the line and do it their way uh and actually think if you want sheena's if you want that version lump it just stick Have with it. sheena lovey Have it. uh and the fact that it exists and it's available to listen to on on the blondie album I think is great because we still get to enjoy it. But Blondie and Bond would have been a great partnership. Mm-hmm. And actually, you Debbie would have made a great... Yeah, Debbie yeah. in the video doing a great Bond girl. Not, well, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. A no. lot happened in the Playboy mansion. <laughs> Mucky bugger. Uh, but as in Debbie being a Bond girl, like in the same way Madonna got involved in the video. Um, the same I liked it. I I really liked this Blondie track. I thought it was great. I love them just generally. Um, and yeah, so it is sort of like a, a missed opportunity, really, isn't it? Where the, they almost didn't know what they had in some ways. Yeah, I just thought it was great. You in agreement, Robert? The song grew on me the more I listened to it. Okay. I think it's, I think it's a really cool little hidden deep cut Blondie gem. I've heard better Blondie songs. I've heard better Bond songs, but it's 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 cool. I like the fact that, like Tina, they've managed to firmly plant a foot in the Bond in the Blondie camp and in the Bond camp, and still retain their 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 sort of brand of that sort of uh, new wave pop. I like the guitars. The mix and production is a little bit more Blondie than Bond. I can kind of see why it wasn't chosen. But I think that's good for Blondie. Because I think at this point in Bond's career, Blondie was just too cool for Bond. Bond was a bit camp. This was like peak Roger Moore. Mm. I think it would have done a disservice to Blondie had they been connected to something so pastiche. On Her Majesty's Secret Disservice. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blondie have this effortless sort of New York cool. You know, she wears the glasses. Her hair's always tussled. I don't think it wasn't a perfect match. And talking about hair, her hair is mental on the album cover. Yes. <laughs> what a mane. <laughs> it's, it's basically, there's no space for the rest of the band. They're like <laughs> having to stand on some stools to be seen. It's mental. I don't ever remember her having hair like that. She must have borrowed it from Bonnie Tyler that day. <laughs> Uh, and interestingly, so as we said, Sheena Easton did the final version of For Your Eyes Only, which was co-written by Bill Conti, of course, famous for doing things like Rocky and The Karate Kid. And he did the, the score for For Your Eyes Only. But initially, when he wrote the song, he was thinking about Donna Summer or Dusty Springfield for singing Ooh. it. Oh, Dusty Springfield would have been a good one. But in the 60s, something yeah. very sort of lounge lizardy about it, mm. about her voice. But. It's weird that they would go for Dusty Springfield because she was sort of like down and out by that point. I think it's when she'd just come years. back with um, the Pet Shop Boys stuff. Oh, it was that a bit later, actually, wasn't it? Same hair. Oh, same hair Repu- that Blondie has. Yes. Reputation. 
<laughs> but what year was that? Is that late eighties? Late eighties. Will we've got one more left in us, I think. What have you got? So interestingly that when we kind of all said, right, we'll go and pick our favourites, could have been, but wasn't a Bond song. We've all reverted to type and gone to artists that we love. And I haven't bucked the trend at all. So this is St Etienne and Tomorrow Never Dies. and uh, Cheryl Crowell was the ultimate uh, successful person in recording Tomorrow Never Dies which I not Cheryl Cheryl Crow (laughs) (laughs) which I don't mind I I really like as a a Bond theme Uh, the Sinatian version I really enjoy because it's quintessentially them in which sense it's very whimsical it's got a lighter touch it's got some great production in there but I don't know if it would have had the... It's very cocktail lounge and could have featured this kind of in the soundtrack as kind of in those sorts of scenes. But I don't know if it has enough oomph uh, to really stand on its own. Interestingly enough, Pulp also uh, recorded a track that uh, for Tomorrow Never Dies or as Tomorrow Never Dies that didn't get in as well. So you had some big pop hitters at the time uh, involved. But I really, I love the track. I'm a huge St Etienne fan. And Dan and I had the pleasure of talking to Pete from St Etienne quite recently. Unfortunately, we had a great long list of things we could have spoken about, including this, but we didn't quite get around to it. Uh, But guys, what do you think? I've never heard of this band. I think they've got, I think they're a bit of a cult following. I've never heard of this song. And I'm surprised you like it, Will, because I know you don't like slow songs. You like fast-paced drug music so for you to pick this i was really surprised this is for me this is the sort of song that you go let's look at the artwork (laughs) i love the production i love sarah's voice who's the uh the singer in saint etienne um and if you didn't know and for any of our listeners that didn't know saint etienne are a three-piece uh kind of dance slash folk pop group who have been around since the uh 80s and into the 90s and have just recently released a new album so they've uh they're still going strong mm. that sounds like so up my street i love stuff like that um and i really liked this song but <laughs> no they're uk acts they've and they've straddled a lot of a lot of genres of pop music so they've gone through like disco pop folk pop pure pop uh they use samples they do cover versions they're very they love kind of British culture and like vintage British culture as well. well like old um, James Bond films and that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not a surprise that they they wanted to record something for a Bond soundtrack because I they I can imagine them having great love and great memories of Bond films and Bond soundtracks of old. Uh, that I yeah totally had this down as something that they on their bucket list. 
for me, it doesn't work as a Bond song. I don't think her vocal is right for a Bond song. It's very airy. I imagine it'd be really good at something like the Roundhouse with really low, moody lighting. But also, I don't think panpipes have any place in a Bond song. <laughs> I like a panpipe. Yeah. <laughs> Sigma Freud with those fucking panpipes. <laughs> blow this, blow that. No, it's not for me. Not for me. Um, obviously, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Saint Etienne fan, but I'm in agreement that this, yeah, this one doesn't really work. I don't think it would work as a film, uh, as a film. It wouldn't work as a film, as a film theme <laughs> or a Bond film theme, certainly. Having said that, obviously, this is a, this feels like an unfinished version. And uh, David Ar- Arnold composed the score for this film. So maybe uh, if he'd had a hand in the production, uh, it could have become something more. But the Cheryl Crow song is one of my favorite all-time oh, Bond yeah. themes. I think the power of that song and her vocal on that song is just mm. phenomenal. So it would take a lot uh, for that to be topped for me. Even Duran Duran also submitted a song for this film, uh, which you can hear a demo with online. It became a song called Last Day on Earth from their Pop Trash album. Um, even that doesn't better it for me. The Cheryl Crow version is just flawless. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious why Duran Duran didn't get to do it that time round because they were on their ass at the time. Mm. Cheryl Crow was riding high. All she wants to do is have some fun. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the most underrated Bond theme tunes. I, like I'd actually forgotten it existed until I started sort of listening to the Bond themes last week and prep for this. And then when that came along, I was like, "Oh my god, I completely forgot this existed." And I actually really love this theme tune. I think it's one of the best ones. Much so, so much drama. It's full of drama, yeah. yeah. Full of brass. Oh, yeah. sass. <laughs> brass and sass. Much crow. At your mother. Do you know what I'd love to hear? I would I'd love to know how different the the songs that actually get to be Bond songs. I'd like to know how different they are to the original demo. When a band submits a song, what changes does it go through to make it you know, what do the producers do to it to bondify it? They just add a layer of guitars. Well, an interesting way to kind of get a gauge of that is that with Aha's The Living Daylights, uh, apparently they had an awful time in the studio with John Barry or he had an awful time with them. Um, they did not get on at all. So if you listen to their album that came after that, Stay On These Roads, there's a version of the song on there, which is how they wanted the song to sound. Mm. And it sounds like an Aha pop song. Um, Hmm. was he recording it from inside the mask (laughs) I had to think about that one do you know one of my favourite bits in No Time to Die is when he um, what's it called Rami what's his character called Lucifer Lucifer. nobody knows nobody can remember he didn't even sing one he didn't sing one fucking Queen song who does he think (laughs) he is when he hands her the box and she opens it and it looks like the Phantom of the Opera mask, and I just imagine she's like, "Oh, we're going to the theatre. <laughs> oh, we're going to Phantom. I love Phantom. I love it. I love it when he sings." <laughs> My favourite uh, track by track appropriate moment from the from the film is when he uh, explodes the henchman's eye, and then he said, D- uh, "He really liked your new watch. It blew his mind." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just say like it's eye popping or something like that. Yeah, I thought it just blew his mind. 
Come, come, Mr. Bond. Uh, Dan, we're out of time. Oh. On our mission this week. So thank you very much to Robert and Joshua from Torn Stubbs for joining us today. How can people listen to more of you talking about films? You can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Acast, and all the places that you get your podcast, Torn Stubbs. And we're on Twitter at Torn Stubbs Pod. Uh, t- Rob likes to tweet random stuff on there. So if you like <laughs> random stuff, go have a look. And we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, on the new Bond theme, on our favourite Bond themes, on your favourite Bond themes, at Track by Track UK, across the socials. Which one's a double O hit and which one's a double O shit? <laughs> <laughs> right, can we go back to start and call this episode that, actually? That's <laughs> Do check out our guest appearance on Torn Stubbs talking about No Time to Die, which is available now. We will put the links to that across our social media platforms as well. Probably best just to listen to both episodes concurrently, isn't it, I guess? Double O. It's a back-to-back. Yeah. It's a back-to-back film. situation. Yeah. yeah, smart thing to do. It's uh, a double O episode. Uh, uh, an episode. <laughs> so, until next time, I've been Dr. Christmas Jones. I've been Pussy Galore. I've been Odd Job. And I've been coming but once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. So nobody does it better there from the film. Nobody does it better. No, of course it wasn't. That's it not was what it's called. By who loved me? <laughs> I would love if it was called that. <laughs> This is Tia Tina Materna McTurner. No, she's on maternity leave. I must say, I really, I do love how this podcast is basically hospital radio. I love all the, I love all the segues and the innuendo. It's carry on podcasting. <laughs> <laughs>